0: hello everybody watching online uh actually while we're on still on the uh pastor mark thing can we all give it up really loudly for your pastor really quick i'm so glad yeah i'm so glad that i get to be up here and like giving him a break it's just like such a blessing to me to to be able to give him a break um your pastor is awesome if i can just talk about him for a second he has this way of like dropping blunt wisdom, I I think is how I would call it. And it's like, I I need to take notes every time I sit down with Mark. Um, It's awesome. Uh, A little bit about me. Uh, Again, my name is Josh. Behind me is my family. Uh, This is my wife, uh, Chelsea. I want to introduce her first. Uh, She is awesome. She is just I I could sit up here for 30 minutes and just talk about her. I love her so much. She is currently carrying our third child who is due in June. Uh we're going to have a little baby girl, so we are frantically getting the house prepared and all that for uh for our little girl to come. Uh this is uh my my oldest here on the side. That's Asia. Uh she is 11 years old. She is an art and music uh, fanatic. She really, really loves Hamilton. So you can oftentimes hear us like rapping Hamilton lyrics back and forth to each other. So that's our thing. And our three-year-old son has now picked up on that. So now he knows Hamilton lyrics too. So if you're a Hamilton fan, I'm right there with you. Uh, but he's into dinosaurs right now and stuffed animals. So if you give him a stuffed dinosaur, he's like all about it. Uh, so that's us. That's our family. Uh, I Like I said, I could sit up here and talk about them for like thirty minutes, but um, i 'll I'll give you a chance to get to know me a little bit more throughout this message, but uh, you guys are in a series right now going through the book of Galatians last week, Pastor Mark kind of wrapped up uh, chapter four, and I get the pleasure of starting chapter five today we 're not going to get to the whole thing in our time together, but Basically, what I'd like to do today is I'd like to just summarize just very clearly the point of my message. So that way, if you zone out at any time, you can just go back to this. Are you ready? We're going to be really excited this morning about this, this topic, too, because, because it's daylight savings time, and I know we're all like kind of, I'm, I'm there, too. I'm there, too. So here, here it is. We're talking about freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ, and we're going to get really excited about this freedom in Christ that Christ offers you and I. Because actually, if you go to whatever Bible translation you have and you pull it out and you go to Galatians chapter five, most of your headers will say freedom in christ there is freedom in christ and so today i get the pleasure of talking to you about that freedom so we're going to take this and we're going to break this down into three sections this morning and i want to start in verse one if you read along with me it says it is for freedom that christ has set us free stand firm everybody say stand firm oh i said i was going to make you wake up and participate let's try that again stand firm Online, too, stand firm, stand firm, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Mark my words I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For Christ Jesus, neither circumcised nor uncircumcised, has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So let's take this first section and let's just break it down for a second. And what I like to do with this is I, I, I like to kind of use something to to simplify it, to give us something to cling to. And I think about the first half of Galatians chapter 5 like a courtroom. I want you to picture yourself for a second sitting on trial, sitting on a chair. You are before a judge. You are before a jury. You are before uh, your peers, your friends, your family, and you are guilty. I mean, you owe a debt. You are you're guilty. And in through the back of the courtroom walks Jesus. And Jesus walks up in your place and says, step down from that stand. I'm going to sit in your spot and I'm going to pay your penalty. And that's what Jesus did. That's the freedom in Christ. That's the freedom of the cross. The, The fact that he was willing to come in and sit in our place and pay it all. Amen. And so what we're, what we're seeing here at the beginning of Galatians is this theme that we've seen all throughout the book of Galatians of, of them discrediting the cross, almost. It's almost like if Jesus came up and sat in our spot, and then we came back into the courtroom and said, you know what, actually, um, I'll, I'll actually just go up there and pay the, the penalty. You don't need to do that for me, Jesus, And it's it's almost discrediting to what Jesus did. And we do this all the time. We discredit the cross by not standing firm in the freedom of the grace and love of Jesus. Now, for a second, I want you to think. I want you to think of that moment that you said yes to God. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was last year. Maybe you've been saying yes to God for your entire life. I want you to think of that moment that you said yes. For me, that moment came at age 16. I was raised in, I wouldn't say a non-Christian home, but we didn't really value God as a priority at all. And so I'd grown up not going to church at all. And at about age 16, I really struggled. I struggled with uh, being bullied, and that, that led to a lot of depression to a lot of anxiety, to a lot of suicidal thoughts, to be completely honest with you. And I started asking myself the question that, unfortunately, a lot of youth ask is, if life is this hard, why live it? And so I sat with that question for uh, quite a while in my youth, and uh, I, I started to, to really dive deeper into it is, why, why am I here? Why does my life even matter? I found myself at a Christmas Eve service uh, in 2005, and somebody was standing up, and he was telling his story. He was telling his testimony, similar to what I'm doing. And he used this exact same phrase. He said, if life is this hard, why live it? And I'm like, yeah, tell me, tell me. And he started talking about the freedom of Jesus. And I'm like, that sounds great. And then the the pastor got up and he said, does anybody want to accept Jesus? And I was like, no. I waited about two days until I was alone in my room contemplating the same thoughts. And... It was at that moment I thought, before I continue down this road, I'm going to give this Jesus thing a try. So December 27, 2005, I accepted Jesus into my life. And that was when I experienced the freedom of Christ, the freedom that God offers. The weight had been lifted. The burden had been, been taken off. It was like this weight had been lifted off of me. Now I'd be, I'd be completely lying to you if I said, I didn't struggle with depression anymore. I didn't struggle with anxiety anymore. I didn't get bullied because all of those things are true. It still happened. But the reminder here is for us to stand firm, to stand firm in the freedom of what God has done in and through our lives. And so the There's going to be things in this world, thoughts, feelings. uh, There's going to be things in this world that try to get us not to stand firm in our freedom. But what Paul is saying here is he's saying, don't discredit what Jesus has done for you. Stand firm and remember the things that God has done for you. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that when life is so difficult? He tells us in verse 6, he says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Now, I know Pursuit is a smart church because you got a really good pastor, and I've met some of you guys, so I know you know what faith is. Faith is believing when we don't see it or understand it. It's the assurance of things that we hope for. So even though I don't see it and I don't understand why I'm still depressed, while I'm still anxious, while I'm still dealing with that thing, I have faith that there is a God who loves me. Amen? And I believe in that God and I love that God. And so I stand firm in faith. Let's continue here. In verse 7, it says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of per, uh, persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dill. I am confident in the Lord that you will will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay a penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching, he's going to bring this idea back around again. If I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross would be abolished. As for these agitators, I wish they would go away and emasculate themselves. I really like this because Paul is getting, like, just really upset. And I I find humor, just a little bit of humor in this. Because he's basically saying, yo, whoever and whatever is confusing you and keeping you from walking forward and walking towards Christ, I don't like them. (laughs) I don't like them because Paul is all about Forward progress, forward momentum towards Christ. Let me ask you a question. In in your personal walk with Christ, has there ever been a hurdle? Something that's kept you in your race towards Christ? Let me ask you it in a different way. Have you lived through 2020? Right? All of us had this moment of like, hey God what you doing up there? <laughs> I, really, I really need to know. Maybe it was in your own situation. Maybe you had a death in the family. Maybe there was some kind of emotion that you're going through. Maybe a divorce. Maybe a friend said something that hurt you. And you kind of ask this, like, why would God bring this? Like, why would this happen? Paul uses these two beautiful metaphors. That are not unfamiliar in the word of God. He uses the metaphor of yeast and he uses the metaphor of running a race. And in this instance, in, in the book of Galatians, he's talking to the church and he's saying, hey, you guys started out so good. You are running such a good race. You are running so, so well. What happened? What, what is keeping you from running this race? And I remember in my life something that kept me from running towards Christ. At about age 21 or 22, I had now been going to school. I uh, was married. I had my daughter. I had my first house, and I had a music ministry. Yes, this is all as busy as it sounds. It it was crazy. And as a part of having this house, uh, we let people into our home who didn't have a place to stay. Well, while I was working overnights and while I was, while I was uh, living and, and trying to pursue God as, as best that I could and his call for my life, my wife was having an affair with my best friend under our own roof. So this became my hurdle because within the same day, they decided to leave and I was thrusted into divorce single parenthood, and adultery, all in the same day. This is the kind of thing that makes you go, why, God? Why? It's the hurdle. It kept me from running the race because now I'm flooded with thoughts that I had when I was 16. If life is this hard, why live it? But I pushed forward. I kept running the race towards Christ because the good thing is when you keep running and keep enduring. There is hope. There is healing. There is reconciliation. There is just a beautiful thing that happens when Christ meets you and makes a way. Amen? 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 Right? This is, this is, this is where the good news comes in because this is where we get to experience what Jesus can do in our darkest places if we keep running the race towards him. So the good news here is that I got to meet my wife, who is an amazing stepmother, who is an amazing mother, and who is just the love of my life. I love her so much. I now have a great working relationship with my daughter's mother, we are very much on the same page when it comes to parenting, and it's not without its challenges, but it's still really good. There has been healing there. There has been hope there. And so there's this, this idea that, that, yeah, you're going to face a hurdle, but keep running the race. In this instance, it's the, it, it's the church. It's the religious people. They're trying to create a hurdle for those who are running towards Jesus and the cross and what Jesus sacrificed. Paul uses this, he actually quotes Jesus in using this idea of yeast. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this idea of yeast, um, this is how it goes. If you've ever baked bread before, um, yeast is the one ingredient that you need. It's about less than 1% of the recipe. But if you miss the yeast, the bread is just messed up. Because what happens is when you add the yeast, the dough rises and makes the bread big and fluffy. And so basically, what Paul is trying to say here is he's saying it more so in a negative way. He's saying, look, there can be a very small thing, a very small decision a very small just bit of bad leadership, bad wisdom. There can be just a small situation, a small decision that can blow up into something big and keep you running towards Christ. And so that's what Paul is saying here. It's keeping us from running our race. It's just a small decision. You guys mind if I tell you one more story from my life here really quick? So I made a small decision, a very small decision on February 15, uh, 2018. You'll know why I know exactly the date in a second. I had made the small decision when my daughter had came up to me. My son was about two weeks old, and she said, Hey, Dad, do you mind if I play in the backyard? I want to build a snowman. Yes, right? Simple, easy, small decision. What happened next would change everything. Because the next time I looked outside, my daughter was not there. My daughter had been taken out of our backyard by a complete stranger, shoved into the vehicle, and drove about a half mile away, where they got stopped at a red light. And fortunately, in that small amount of time, it was enough time for my daughter to figure out this is a sex trafficking ring. She was able to escape the vehicle at a stopped red light. Enough cars were able to see it, and she was able to run home to my arms. Guys, I can sit up here and talk about freedom in Christ all day, but I cannot even begin to explain the freedom that we feel from our daughter being freed from that car. And so, if I'm being honest with you, that that kept me from running the race a little bit. That kept me from pushing, because I I started to ask, God, "God, why? God, why is is this happening? But the beautiful thing, and I'm going to get more to this later, the beautiful thing is that We've now gotten to tell this story many times. And it, by the way, it never gets easier telling it. But we get to raise awareness about this issue that it's happening, that it's happening in our own backyards. And we get to get more eyes on it because it's a real thing, guys. It's a real thing that needs to be looked at. And the thing that, back to, back to the scripture, there are situations. And there in this text, there are people there are people that are trying to enslave and keep you from running towards Jesus. If you don't get anything out of what I'm saying today, please at least get this. Keep running your race. Keep running towards Jesus. Because there will be so many things that try to throw you off. There will be so many people and situations that keep you from looking at eternity, from looking at the cross. And Paul is, is imploring to us, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep running the race. Stand firm in your faith. Let's, let's look at the end of this. In verse 13, He goes on to say, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So here's what Paul is saying here. Reaffirm your freedom by setting others free. I reaffirm my freedom every time I sit up here and tell you my story. You see, God wants to use your great, your good, your bad, and your ugly for His glory. He wants you to speak it, He wants you to tell the story, and He wants you to praise Him in that that story. So ready? I'm going to praise him in my story, in my ugly. I didn't even get to tell you my my great and my good sides of my story. i stayed in the, the dark parts today. I apologize for that. But now let me tell you some good news, okay? So here's the good news. I have gotten the chance because I've gone through depression and anxiety and gotten bullied, I've gotten the chance to talk to other youth, other uh, other teens and other people who are struggling with depression and anxiety and bullying. They are put in my path and, and I'm like, hey, I've been here. I, I know how to help. I know how to pray for you. I know I know a God that loves you right? And divorce, man, like I get to talk to so many people because they know my story and they know what I've been through. And so I will have couples that will come to me and say, hey, we're on the brink. Can you, can you come in? And I, I've gotten to be in the room where a marriage gets saved. That is a beautiful freedom in Christ moment. And I've also gotten to be in the room when somebody finds the same hope and healing and reconciliation that I found. Actually, I'm sorry, I'm getting really excited, but can I tell you guys the story that's happening in my launch team right now? It's really cool. Um, so they, they gave me permission to, uh, to talk about this, but um, I went through my divorce situation, and I had a guy by the name of Josh, yes, same name, come to me and say, hey, man, I'm going through the same thing. Um, can you help me? And over the next year, I got to help Josh find hope, healing, reconciliation. I got to help and walk with him through his first year of divorce. Then after that year, we had met Jason. Jason had been through the same thing. We knew Jason, but Jason had came to us and said, hey, uh, I heard, you know, you guys went through this. How did you get through it? And we helped Jason over the last year find hope, healing, and reconciliation. Now together, the three of us have been compiling all of, these, all of these thoughts, all of these ideas, all of this stuff that's rooted in scripture to help other people find hope and healing and reconciliation. This is how Christ wants you to use your freedom. He wants you to be made new by Christ and for Christ. And so my question to you, oh, the last one. Sorry, the last one. I got way too excited. Uh, The last one is, again, with my daughter and getting taken out of our backyard. We've been able to, again, like I said, speak to so many churches and so many people and raise awareness about this issue. But just this past year, we got to have a mother, son, father, daughter dance that raised a bunch of money. For local and global organizations that are fighting sex trafficking. So, this is how God wants to use your story. You're great, you're good, you're bad, you're ugly for His glory. So, my question to all of you is are you using your story? Because what Paul is saying here is it takes an act of humility. He says, We are called to use our freedom to serve one another humbly in love. Paul is acknowledging here, in order to use our story, in order to use our great, our good, our bad, our ugly, it takes a lot of humility. I gotta sacrifice my time. I gotta sacrifice my comfort. I gotta tell people about Jesus who may not want to hear it. My question to you is, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to go into those places to tell people about Jesus? Because what the church needs, the big C church, not just Pursuit Church, but what the church, the the whole thing needs is people that are willing to stand firm and rooted in their faith, people that are willing to keep enduring and keep running the race, and people who are willing to love their neighbor as themselves. So here's my question to you guys. and and Mark gave me the okay to to share this, Um, this is what's led me to planting Made New Church. We're going to be a brand new church in the north suburbs. Statistically speaking, 85% of people in Anoka County are still not attending church. Uh, Anoka County has an entire uh, mental health plan uh, to just evaluate mental health crisis in our area, and we want to go after it. We want to go after those who need hope, healing, reconciliation, who need the love and the transformational power of Jesus. That's our mission. We want to share the love, hope, and transformational power of Jesus with the next person. We have an urgency about our church to share it with the next person and the next person. And so that story that I told you with Jason and Josh and me, it's just going to keep happening over and over again with different situations, with different things. We want people to be vocal about their stories, telling about how Christ makes all things new. And so that's my heart for this church. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, it's, it's tough work. What you guys are doing here as, as a church plant, even in your first couple of years of being a church, it's tough work. Because it's it's about this last point. It's about this willingness to serve humbly in love, to love your neighbor as yourself, and to keep pushing into the freedom of Christ. And I just want to give a quick ask to you guys that if you know anybody or if you are here and you are that person that's just like, you know, I'm ready to start using my good, my great, my bad, my ugly to see the kingdom built, uh, do it here at Pursuit. But also, man, we we need some people. We need some people who are willing to do this. I have a great launch team, but a lot of us, you know, are, are may be new in our faith. Uh, we, you know, have not planted a church before, and you have. And so that's amazing. But all in all, I would just love, um, for you guys to continue to pray for us, for you guys to continue to support us in whatever way you feel led, but my hope is that I just continue to see people who walk through those doors made new by Christ and for Christ, and so with that, I just want to thank you guys for letting me, like, share my story, um, and share just kind of my heart for this church, um, and, uh, I just want to end with this. I just want to end it just summarizing all of this stuff one more time for you all. Stand firm in your faith. Keep running the race towards Jesus and continue to serve one another. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for pursuit. I thank you for Mark. I thank you for the sacrifice that you made for each and every one of us here. God, that you love us so much. And God, I just pray that for everyone here, that we would stand firm in you, that we would keep running our race towards you, and that we would leave here with an urgency to serve one another, to use our great, our good, our bad, and our ugly for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Have a great week.